You're listening to Irish Radio, Candace Home and Abroad, and I have the pleasure of having a chat with Eleanor and Kevin Lee. Eleanor and Kevin have been with me before, and they've been here in Canada because there's very strong connections between County Wicklow and particularly Eastern Ontario, and that would be the Colatin connection. And uh, Eleanor and uh, Kevin have entertained people from up around the Spitz Falls area, and uh, they have been entertained up and around the Spitz Falls area. And over the period of the lockdown, Kevin Firstball and Eleanor have invested huge amounts of time in research uh, about the connection between Colatin, and that's the Fitzwilliam estate, the Fitzwilliam migration, and uh, learning about it and where the descendants of those who were uh, transported in many ways from Wicklow over to Canada where they settled and rebuilding those bridges. And over the period of the lockdown, Kevin and Eleanor set about documenting some uh, history and more stories from the area and have produced and published a wonderful book called The Liar's Bench. It's history, heritage and lockdown lore from South Wicklow. Kevin and Eleanor, thanks a million for coming along. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Austin. So I think, did I cover... Give a kind of covered the, the territory there. You did indeed, Austin. Well done. A nice potted history of what we have been doing, yes. So, uh, the Liar's Bench was born out of the lockdown. The Liar's Bench was born out of the lockdown, uh, yeah. It, uh, back in the early days, the first lockdown, being over 70, I was forced to c- cocoon myself, and uh, this meant I couldn't go outside my own gate. So I used my time each day to... Uh, take down the laptop and uh, put down on, not on paper, but on the laptop, uh, some of the lore and history of the area that I've uh, learned over many years of research. It was a kind of a brand of living history. It was, uh, many of us who went to school, we kind of remember doing history. We were remembering battle dates and acts of parliament and uh, military movements and army movements. And, and so forth. This was very different. Uh, we dealt with the great characters of the South Wicklow, uh, uh, the origins of the football teams in, in the town, the Gaelic athletic movement, the history of Culloden Estate, the history of the, of the big house in Culloden. It was a type of socio-economic history that you could apply to any small rural community in Ireland, uh, not specifically Carnew or Shalala or Tinahili or where we live here in South Wicklow, it was it dealt with the type of life uh, uh, that people lived, uh, the wit uh, and the honesty and the love of Gaelic games and the allegiance to the Fitzwilliams and allegiance to the big house. You could apply it in any an, any other part of Ireland. And of course, when you go around Ireland, that's one of the things that's very obvious is you can't go very far, but you're going to see either a castle or a big house. So, of its nature, that was the centre of what you describe as a a socio-economic environment. And uh, social history is often overlooked for factual black and white dates. And yet, the dates are really irrelevant. Totally irrelevant in a lot of respects. Is that... Really what we're talking about is uh, what people talked about at a church wall on a Sunday morning, uh, 
uh, what they talked about when they huddled at the gable ends of houses on a fair day, what people talked about, the, the price they got for their cattle, what kind of food they had on their table, uh, basically how people lived, or in, in, in the case of Irish history, how they existed for, for, for many years in the past. So in putting the book together, why do you say you pulled down the laptop? Um, you were able to draw... <coughs> Excuse me. You were able to draw on a lot of this from your own years of research and everything else, but were, did you then reach out to some of the local characters themselves and pick their brains? Yeah, well, uh, we for what we were doing, Austin, uh, Facebook is a wonderful, wonderful medium. Uh, we, we reach out through it to the younger people. The younger people in turn reach out to their older, their parents and their grandparents and it kind of brought the pe- people of the community together. Uh, we soon had, uh, I suppose, the bones of, in a small uh, rural village in South Wicklow, we had the bones of 3,000 followers on our Facebook page. Uh, many of those who contributed each night uh, exhibited the wonderful wit that uh, we're quite famous for here in South Wicklow. They added to the stories, uh, they made their own sarcastic remarks to, uh, some of, the, some of the posts were very, very amusing indeed. And when we published the book, we decided not just to publish our posts and our bits on uh, folklore and history and heritage, but also to include the comments of many of our, many of our followers uh, over the 99 days that we made our postings. Right. Um, the name of the book itself, The Liar's Bench. The Liar's Bench, Eleanor might fill you in on, on that. It's, a, it's quite a story in itself. For your listeners, uh, Austin, yeah, once upon a time in our little village, we had a lot of street furniture, and all the uh, the characters and legends of our village would uh, congregate on these benches. But at the turn of the century, uh, the uh, the county council allowed they'd get rid of all the street furniture because they were old and uh, dangerous for the kids to be climbing on. And um, one of our friends, Joe Lennon, he said, um, I'm going to salvage one of those benches, and it was the liar's bench, uh, right outside our school where Kevin Lee and myself spent our professional um, careers. So he brought the liar's bench uh, out to his garden and restored it, and uh, it's there to this day, but all the characters of the town sat on the liar's bench and uh, told stories and uh, yarns and uh, they, they, uh, they were um, interesting people. They were legends, really, all of yeah. those people that sat yeah. on that bench. They, so they, com- they commented on everybody that passed by and uh, <laughs> they knew the seed, breed and generation of everybody that lived here and uh, there was no need for Ancestry.com or uh, MyHeritage or any of those genealogical <laughs> websites. Uh, they would tell you the Seed breeding generation of everybody that lived in the town, lies, truth, scandal, the whole works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in many cases, they had the details that were undocumented. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Either, either real or imagined or fabricated or uh, added to over uh, with the passage of time. The other thing of Irish life with people like that was most of these guys are, are and, and it was predominantly guys I don't think I, the females weren't welcome on the liar's bench I wouldn't think oh, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> if, if a female appeared it would be a mass exodus she would be left on her own but I, I imagine most of these characters ended up in local lore with nicknames as well oh indeed yeah, yeah, indeed Absolutely. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and were you uh, the when you go back? How if you were to kind of put a chronology on 
the first of the, the stories you were able to come across or was related. What kind of a time period are we covering? Uh, basically, we're going back to the era of the, the threshing machine and uh, uh, churning butter and uh, uh, simple, simple, sim- sim- rearing a few pigs. Simple, rural, uh, more or less uh, self-sufficient uh, uh, economy. Uh, the days before you had the, the supermarket and uh, people filling up their trolleys, you had these old stores with the, the men in their shop coats behind the counter and... Uh, each family had their passbook and they did their weekly shopping there and uh, everything from their pound of sugar to their piece of farmhouse cheese. They were all entered in a little passbook behind the counter and the bill would be paid off uh, once the, the pig was sold or the harvest came in or when a bit of money came into the family, they would uh, religiously go into the local shop and, uh, and, and clear their bill. Simple economy. As you say that, Kevin, one of the things going through my head, and it makes me feel I'm on a level very old, because I remember that. How does that make me feel? (laughs) 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 I remember my mother with the the book for the butcher and the grocer. And uh, uh, if I, I, I'll diverge a little here and tell a story. I was in Tralee at the Rosa Tralee a number of years back. And uh, an individual came up to me and he said, um, who are you? And I told him, who I, uh, no, he didn't say, who are you? He says, where are you from? And I says, I'm, I'm from Ottawa. And he says, uh, what are you doing here? And I told him what I was doing. And he says, uh, where, where are you from originally or something like this? And I said, Bama Slow. And he says, what's your name? And I said, it's Austin Comer. And he says, it couldn't be. <laughs> 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 And I says, why not? He says, I'm the Skinner Fahey. I used to re- deliver your milk in the village. <laughs> mm. yeah. But he was the Skinner Fahey. Yeah. And I went, I told my mother. And uh, she, couldn't, she couldn't believe it. But, you know, like that, people had named it. He used to drop the milk in the little tin can. Yeah. Yes. That's why I'm saying, when you're relating this, you're making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But the, um, the wouldn't it be true, Kev, to say our Facebook post was a kind of a beacon of light in a very, very dark time for an awful lot of families, and we were so mindful that a lot of families had lost loved ones. Yeah. And at six o'clock at night uh, on Irish television, they, there used to be this very somber music and the lists and lists and lists and lists of people who had passed. And it was a very frightening time, a very scary time. So we timed our postings to come into uh, Facebook at six o'clock. Uh, right. A strategy to distract people from the news for that particular few minutes. And uh, our our community, our virtual community, uh, was like really chatting at our fireside virtually to each other. And it was a lifeline to an awful lot of people. And you couldn't really measure what those posts meant to cocooned people like us or lon- lonely people that were on their own and they had nobody. Mm-hmm. 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 And while it was a very mild winter in Ireland last year, um, I'm curious, did your Facebook page then attract any of the diaspora to share stories? hundred oh, percent, oh, yeah. Oh, indeed. Uh, and even since we've published the book, uh, Eleanor has been uh, constantly on her way to the post office to uh, uh, post, post books to, uh, uh, from Alberta, 
uh, many, many going to uh, Ontario and particularly Hamilton, uh, the UK, of course, and uh, Auckland and New Zealand. They're going all over the world to people who uh, actually joined in. We're really joined in. We're really, really chuffed that some people who have no connection with Wicklow or South Wicklow or Carnew uh, in the UK in particular uh, have been reading the posts and are now buying the book. Right, right. Just for the sake of what's written in it and the way it has been written and the way it has been presented. But Austin, you know, with the COVID time that we're living in, we couldn't have a, a regular book launch in a nice fancy hotel with the glass of wine and the dish of cheese. Yep. So, so we came up with the idea that we'd have a, we'd have a drive-through book launch. And uh, the idea was so off the wall. This was at a petrol station, right? So the idea was so off the wall that it actually worked. And it captured people's imagination. So they stopped at the petrol station to get their diesel, get their pint of milk, buy their newspaper, and they picked up a book on the way out. And they were in and out in five minutes. And into the car and gone. And we, we, we stood at the petrol station for a period of five hours so that uh, we'd be COVID compliant and we wouldn't have a gathering of a big group of people. So there was a steady trickle for the five hours. And we, we actually brought the actual physical liar's bench back in front of the petrol station. And lots of people got their photographs taken. The, the bench is more famous now than the book at this stage. Mm. And the Morris Minor. And the Morris Minor. Oh, yeah. that, that was absolutely, that was the piece. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're talking about is, is uh, what was they, they were, there was the Morris Minor, what was it called? The ones with the wood. The Traveller. Yeah, the Morris Minor Traveller. Yeah. yeah, when you saw one of those coming through the town, uh, that was always a special, a special sight. Um, okay, this would be from the time when you'd be sitting there writing down number plates. Um, for license plates yeah. as, as a hobby as a child yeah. and uh, something like the Morris Minor Traveller was a real treat yeah. altogether I think yeah, it's, it's 1968 so it's over it's about 54 years of age yeah, yeah I think it was uh, predominantly for vets and vicars back in the day Austin yeah but the, the upmarket version of the Morris Minor uh, vets and uh, well vets probably but the other thing was uh, you kind of got the sense that there might actually be been a, a, an English tourist coming through that was that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can assure you, at our book, our drive-through book launch, we didn't have too many tourists no. driving through. But uh, we're very, really so very thankful for hey, every uh, member of our community. You know. Well, so, over the four-hour period, we sold a, we sold a lot of books. There was a constant stream passing by, and it might abate for a few minutes, and then there'd be a rush again. But it, it was. It was most unusual. It wasn't like, it wasn't like any book, show, book launch that I've been at, no, but it was <laughs> <laughs> It only happened in you South Wicklow, no, Yeah, I Because I know even for the, the music industry, all the artists that were endeavouring to get stuff out, it was very difficult for them to launch. And that space actually became very crowded. That's yes. right. Whereas on the writing side, it's a different medium, so it's a different means of getting something out. And yes. it's not as crowded. Yeah, um, you really have to think outside the box, don't you? Like, we've just come back from the farm shop in Tinahili where Kevin was doing a signing. Yeah. And uh, a beautiful space uh, to to spend an afternoon. This is really, like, people in the community have really come behind us and supported us. And we went to the Heritage Working Day on, on the weekend, last weekend after the book launch, and uh, they had their trashings there and all their vintage machines and cars and tractors and all of that. So the community have really... Uh, Stepped up. I suppose the beauty of the book, Austin, is that there are many, many photographs of old football teams going back to 1910. 
the history of the school where I taught now, Kalash to read this, formerly Carnegie Vocational School, we've had the photographs of presentations of class groups going back to the early days in the late 1930s. So everybody in Carnegie, everybody in the local community can find uh, a mother or a grandparent or a granduncle. Uh, every, every family would find somebody belonging to them in the book. I'm going to throw something at you, and I didn't warn you in advance, but if you were to... Um zone in on what might have been a very special message post or something that you used in the book and that you would be able to put your finger on and read. Would you be able to grab something? Yeah. I suppose the last post uh, was on, the, on not the large bench but the large hole. Uh, it was in my garden before the widened the road and the old, there used to be rocks there big granite stray boulders sitting on the ditch and they used to, these, these stones were polished uh, by the seeds of the pants of those who sat there all day every day uh, smoking their pipe and talking about the workings of the world and if I go out in my garden and I sit at the front door I can look across at the uh, where the liars here in Crony Horn sat every morning and uh, when they got fed up sitting on the stones they went over the road and they played pitch and toss and uh, Again, every bit of scandal that was gone or every rumour that was gone, uh, uh, they talked about it in what was a kind of a, a, a debating chamber with uh, sitting on these stones. But, uh, yeah, I found, uh, uh, I came across an old photograph taken back in the 1940s and it, it was a very special photograph that uh, it kind of told the story in itself of a bygone age. And to me, that was the spe- special one. And it's the final post in the book. It's uh, uh, very special. Right. Lawson, if it's okay, I'd read a little extract from... I'd love, love you to. Yeah, so if you'd bear with us uh, for a few moments. Um, so it goes, for many of us, Kevin's history posts have been a beacon of light during this dark time when we're missing family members at home and abroad. Despite the five-kilometre restriction, many of us feel well-travelled, however... In our imaginations, we have journeyed around the Kulatna state in the presence of some very good company. Travelling through time with Kevin, we often found ourselves journeying by train from Shalala through Ockram and on to Wooden Bridge. We have participated in the Kulatna hunts and attended the hunt balls in the big house in our finery. We have journeyed by horse and carriage from Carlow to Dublin, collecting fresh horses at the staging post at Lawrence's Hotel in Kulatna Street. On other evenings, summer evenings, we have sauntered on foot around the village of Carnew, taking in the points of historical interests and, f- and later finding ourselves passing Rickaby's Forge and on past the Liar's Hole en route to the Shilling House. At times when the sun was high in the sky, we watched from our doors in Shalala in the hope of catching a glimpse of Gladstone and Earl Fitzwilliam strolling about or to watch out for those who were unfortunate enough to have had to appear under the fox. Other evenings, we watched our golfing friends play cricket in the pleasure ground. We have wandered around the big house and marvelled at the Victorian furniture dominated by Colatin oak pieces. These journeys have captured our imagination. We have been fascinated, engaged and intrigued, eager to learn more. We marvelled at how a country... Uh, area such as ours could have such a rich tapestry of historical interest and family lore. Meeting the colourful characters along the way has kept our conversations going and jolted our memories. 
We thank you, Kevin, for these journeys. Indeed. What I'm hearing as well is that in pre-social media days, it sounds like the liar's bench was the Twitter of the exactly. time. <laughs> exactly. Twitter, Facebook, and uh, I, just, I, just wonder, I just wonder what some of those old guys would think if they saw people twiddling on the, with two thumbs on the keyboard of a mobile phone. I just wonder what their comments would be. Uh, you know, well, they know what I mean. So far as like when you see the Twitter, how one comment can encourage a plethora of other comments of all sorts that in effect that's what the liars the liars bench was that's, that's it exactly it yeah yeah indeed yeah. Kevin and Eleanor if anyone wants to get their hands on the book and you say you've been mailing them out best methodology best methodology is to go to our website which is uh, Canadian connection all the one word but be careful with the spelling. There's two O's, two L's, and two T's in Culatin. ColatinCanadianConnection.com and you'll be directed to our product page there and we're sending to every country all over the world people are ordering. So just repeat that again. Connection. Culatin with two O's, two L's, two T's and uh, we'll get it out within 24 working days to you. Sorry, four hours. <laughs> I thought you were taking your time there. Obviously, the order was backed up. So you yeah. need to check in the fulfillment centre. Uh, hopefully, it'll reach that stage, Austin. <laughs> and uh, over the period, are, have you been able to maintain good connections with the people you've uh, built up relationships with at Spitz Falls? And are there any plans, plans in the works for bi-directional journeys? Please, please God, we have people working on our behalf out there in Canada, people that we met, some very good friends, and uh, we're collaborating with them. And, uh, and very interesting, you know, they, they go, last week they went to Grey County, where a lot of our ancestors went post-1798 rebellion. But they kept us, we had virtual meetings, and they showed us around the museum as they went around it, and they they shopped for some books for us, and they sent them by FedEx back to Ireland to us. So we were able to do our research on-site in Ontario, without leaving our front room here in Culatin. It's amazing technology, really. But I think uh, I think next year is going to be a great year for Culatin Canadian Connection because we've already got bookings for um, small family groups to come to us uh, for uh, three days or four days as part of like their extended holiday here with us right. in Ireland. Right. If any of your listeners are interested in in reaching us. Um, uh, for history, genealogy, uh, or visits to our our um, our land, uh, reach out to us through the website ColatinCanadianConnection.com. Indeed, Elder and Kevin, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, and uh, congratulations again on the book. And uh, we'll keep in touch and look forward to chatting again. Oh, thanks please for having God, us on. God. It's lovely, lovely to meet you once again, Austin. Thank you very much. Uh, we remember the sunny days we spent together in uh, in Smith Falls back a few years ago. And Culatin. And Culatin, indeed, yes, indeed, yeah.